With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good people. Ah, yeah, you know what it is. Hard worker, scrappy, unfiltered, and sometimes unhinged football content. Hard to explain, but you know it when you see it. Doing it daily, our way. I don't know what you're talking about right now. Redraft and Dynasty Fantasy Football, we got you covered. You know their defense is ranked like 31st in the NFL? NFL draft prospects and rookies? Now you know you're in the right place for that. Absolutely. All right, then stop saying it! Then we're done! And prop bets with my man Jay Rich? Count that money, man! Now wipe the crust out of your eyes, get you a cup of coffee. It's time to wake your ass up with Ray G. You honestly are making absolutely no sense and you sound silly as hell let's get it gmgp good morning good morning good people it is monday august 21st 2023 y'all decided to wake y'all asses up ray g man and y'all know i appreciate y'all for being in the damn building over a hundred strong already bright and early 8 a.m who we got in the building what's up jay peters i see you in the building uh, Jimbo, what's going on, big dog? What's going on, Jimbo? What's he saying about James Cook? Talking about James Cook. Ty DeClaire in the building. Robert, Shane, Joe, Patrick. Talking to the people in the building. What's happening with you, Leo? Uh, yeah, we got a good crew in here this morning. Ricardo in the building. Alex, I see Dynasty Barry, Craig. Man, let's get it, Jay Rich. I'm excited today, man. <laughs> Woo! I'm feeling good. Kids are getting out of the house, baby. It is school. School is in session. They are out. I'm excited. I am glad y'all are tapped in. This is the Wake Up Ray G Show. If y'all have been here before, y'all already know what we're about to do. About to have a damn good time talking about week two of the NFL preseason. Takeaways, thoughts, different conversations around these players. Last night, Scott and I did Destination Chill. Talked about a lot of stuff. Uh, how to react to preseason. Is preseason important? Why to watch? You know, we disagreed a little bit, but more importantly, uh, we put out a good show for you all to consume. So make sure you tap into that. Got a lot of good stuff on the podcast feed. Jay Rich, how you doing this morning, baby? How's it going? I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh, it's funny you mentioned the show with Scott because it was hilarious. You, te- you texting me, telling me we need to get everything ready last night, making sure it's all put together. Uh, but I, I did listen to it this morning and it was great. But yeah, Scott had Jordan McNamara talking the future of Dynasty yep. and the Dynasty Gamer. That was a great show. Listen to that one this morning as well. And then we also had Ray. Jeff Mueller is back for season two of the injury pod. He dropped his preseason injury pod. That dropped on Sunday, so go and check that out. He'll be doing injuries throughout the season. And Jeff, man, finding his flow in year two. I'm liking what I'm hearing. And blowing up on socials, man. Holy smokes. Jeff is killing it right now, man. He's got Brees Hall retweeting him. 
killing the social media game. Mike Clay, follow Mike Clay JM fo- Thrive PT at JM Thrive PT. Follow him. Jeff is killing it right now. Yeah. We got it cooking. Baller of the Des- week, Jeff got, Mueller. Got it, got it popping at Destination Debbie, man. It is uh, it's fun to watch all the people grow, man. It's, it's fun. I told Scott last night. When we got off the show, man, one of the things I'm proud that we've been able to do, Jay, uh, since we started this thing or since I started it and you've been with me damn near since I started this thing is we've given a lot of people internally opportunities to grow, right? I could I could go put a post on Twitter today and be like, hey, you know, you big name analyst or you big person working at Fantasy Pros, come do some stuff for DD. But we've given people that have grown, who have truly loved and been passionate about who we are, what we do and our kind of vibe. And it's really good to see those guys grow. And like I told Scott last night, I'm going to push him as well to help him grow because, yep. um, you know, there's a lot about process and leverage and all of this stuff. But really getting people to understand who you are and connecting with you, that's the way that you grow a dope community. And that's why I think we've got one of the best communities in fantasy football, man. We really care about what we do, give people opportunities from inside. And, you know, you talked about McNamara. We brought him in our Discord channel a long time ago mm-hmm. before Warp started to really take off. Just trying to understand this thing and uh, pretty excited about some of the stuff that we got coming to Destination Debbie very soon here in the next couple of days. So, Jay, we got a lot to get to, though, man. We got a lot to get to today. Um, there's a lot of stuff that I kind of want to touch on with the risers and fallers over on Underdog Fantasy. So I think we need to just go ahead and get into it because I really want to dive into these players, what we're thinking yep. about them, because there's, uh, there is some actionable information that we can, you know, sort of decipher through from preseason. So let's just get to it. Underdog risers and fallers, man. From the biggest and brightest stars to the last round pick, we have you covered for everything on Underdog Fantasy. Let's get into it and let's get that money, baby. As always, right, we are talking the underdog risers and followers from the top 150. Ray, are you are you okay? Did you hear that? Did you hear me swallow the car? It was fucking hot, dude. And I tried to keep a straight face. Really? Hot it was coffee. It wow. Was, it okay. was blazing. Yeah, my bad, man. Go ahead. Go, go ahead. So this is based off the last week. I'll keep it very brief because Ray doesn't want to touch on this a little bit. Ray, there's a very common theme here. Saints. And Bears, we got Killer Herbert flying up boards. Dude catches one screen pass, has a third of his career receiving yards in one preseason game. All of a sudden, up a round and a half on the dog, Khalil Herbert is flying up boards. Dalvin Cook signed him with the Jets, nuking Brees Hall's value as Brees Hall is oh, falling stop. down on almost a whole round. Stop. Hey, stop. hey, I'm just telling you what the I'm just telling you what ADB is telling stop. us. We got DJ Moore flying because he caught a screen pass. George Pickens. Oh my gosh. I mean, he did, what a he did catch a touchdown. Did catch what a touchdown a and, and Ray. He actually caught two great passes. One great pass from Kenny Pickett for a touchdown and another one in the end zone with one hand. Absolutely just destroyed whoever that cornerback was. And Alvin Kamara flying up boards as well. But we'll see what happens this week. This week, things may change a bit. We have Rondell Moore falling. He's exclusively in the slot now in Carolina. We have Brees Hall falling. Traylon Burks, he has an LCL sprain. We'll see when he ultimately comes back. He's week to week right now. Mike Vrabel said that he's hoping that he'll be ready for the season, but he may miss a couple of weeks. James Williams hamstring injury plus suspension and Ray I didn't know this actually but apparently Dan Campbell was talking about how he's not concerned but unsure of how to approach things with Jamison Williams because while he's suspended he can't come to team facilities for rehab and treatment so that will be interesting how he manages that on his own we know that 
we're not so sure how we feel about him right now and kind of his decision making at times. So we'll see how that ultimately progresses. And then Miles Sanders also has a groin injury, hoping to be back for the season. He rested this week in preseason and will be resting next week as well. So hopefully he will be back. And Bryce Young desperately needs something oh. in the running game. Miles Sanders would be a great oh. addition to that. But those are your riders and fallers. Justin Fields is rising. Derek Carr is rising. The two offenses that surprised most people in week one, the Saints and the Bears, and it's reflecting an underdog this past week. So I just want to know, because the people said you woke up with a mouthful of salt in your mouth, because all the guys that you were talking about, Khalil Herbert, you, you're, you're, um, you're throwing subliminals over the screen pass to Herbert and DJ Moore and the yes. one catch from George Pickens. Let's talk, let's talk a little bit about Dalvin Cook really quickly, though, Jay, because okay. um, I don't believe Dalvin Cook had – made his decision when we did the show last week but now no that, it happened now, right yeah. after like i think that monday evening we got zeke and then right after we got zeke we got dalvin cook and that kind of sucked but so let's well, let's talk about it how do you feel what would you what are your now that we've had a week to process so i don't really care about your initial reaction but knowing that Brees hall's back in practice Dalvin Cook still is not practicing from shoulder surgery. Yeah, knowing that it's a one-year deal for essential for Dalvin Cook, he's going to be there with Brees Hall. What are your now? I don't want to say again recent. You know your immediate thoughts, but now that you've had some time to think about the situation, think about this Jets offense, think about these two running backs. How are you feeling about Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook today? Not just in seasonal leagues. Well, let's go. Let's go redraft and then let's go for dynasty. How are you feeling about? this situation of Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook right now for fantasy football in particular? I think that the market reacted appropriately, to be honest. You know, as much as I think we expected Brees Hall to maybe start a little bit slow, this just about guarantees it at this point, right? And the problem for us is we can't project if that slow start will be a like prolonged thing throughout the whole year or if Brees Hall will eventually take over the backfield because while we all think that Dalvin Cook is washed relative to Brees Hall and Brees Hall is way more explosive... I think there's a world where, you know, Dalvin Cook can take some receiving touches that we're hoping would go all to Brees Hall away. And I think that's where we're going to be trying to project that forward. It's going to be very difficult. So for me, I'd say that it's still Brees Hall's backfield. But again, the touchdowns could be split. The reception share could be a little bit more than we're hoping for. And at that point, is Brees Hall even still a value? Or is he kind of in that Najee Harris, Travis Etienne tier where they're operating with another running back that we think is talented that okay. can take valuable touches away from him, right? And I think that's where okay. initially Brees Hall was a bell cow, you know, not quite Tony Pollard because Tony Pollard's rising, but, you know, a majority share all the receiving work expected to be used in the red zone heavily because he was the biggest back, the strongest back, the most explosive. And I don't think we can say that anymore. And so now I look at this backfield and I say he might be a Najee Harris with a Jalen Warren. He might be a Travis Etienne with a Tank Bigsby. And my question to you is, would you still take Brees Hall over those backs knowing that now and kind of gauging those expectations? Yeah, man, I think you made some really good points there. Um, could this just be another version of what we kind of already see throughout the NFL. And I think you make some very good, yeah. you listed some very good names. You you talked about Najee Harris with Jalen Warren being there. Um, there was somebody else that Tank Bigsby and Travis Etienne could yeah. just be. I, I personally think this is what majority of NFL teams are trending towards. So this is not any shot at Brees Hall. It's not any shot at Dalvin Cook. I just... I believe this is the future of the NFL. I really do. And you can look at data that suggests there's only a handful of running backs prior to this season that are receiving 60, 70% of the opportunity in a backfield. So I do think this is something where um, I still want Brees Hall. 
Right, let me just go ahead and say yeah. that first and foremost. I still want Brees Hall. I still think and believe that Brees Hall is going to be the most productive member of the New York Jets backfield this season and beyond moving forward, looking down the line in Dynasty. But this definitely does uh, bring down that ceiling, some having another awesome running back like Dalvin Cook. Let's not forget this dude is still dynamic. He's still awesome. Is he a little bit older? Sure. But this is something where I believe both running backs can thrive. Both running backs would be able to... Did you listen to Austin Eckler and Matt Harmon talk about this? So Eckler was I saying... Yeah, Austin Eckler was saying this is this is going to be better for Brees Hall. Eckler talked about when he had a running mate in Melvin Gordon, how much better he felt after the game. I highly... If anybody's out there not listening to Eckler and Matt Harmon, you're crazy because you're getting valuable insight from one of the best players in the NFL talking about fantasy football and talking about some of the things that happen inside the locker room on the field that impact these players after the fact. And Eckler was like, man, I felt so good after games splitting work with Melvin Gordon. I was healthy through the yeah. whole year. I wasn't dealing with injuries. I could walk after games. So if anything, I think this is going to be a net positive for Brees Hall, even if it takes whatever theoretical ceiling we have projected for him down a little bit. Maybe what you're hoping happens is the efficiency ticks up, he stays healthy, he's on the field all 17 games, even if he starts out a little slow. So I saw somebody in the chat say that uh, they got Brees Hall damn near in the fifth round and underdog the other night. I'm, I'm signing up for that every single yeah. time. So if you're able to catch those discounts, then I'm all about it, all about it, man. So I'm not concerned. I think this is going to be good for Brees Hall. And more importantly, if you're a fan of the Jets, it's going to be it's an awesome football move for the New York Jets. So I, I don't really yeah. think it's a problem. It's the NFL, man. You got to have multiple running backs. Keep your guys healthy. Keep them fresh. Make sure that they're there and available all season. Yeah, I mean, Ray, you you hit the nail on the head. It's it's nothing to do with the talent of Brees Hall, and I still believe he can have the majority of the touchdowns as well. It's just we can't project that right now, and it's because Dalvin Cook is a competent running back that can catch passes, can run between the tackles, and can score touchdowns. But do you want to touch on Ramondre Stevenson and your boy Zeke Elliott now? Because sure. that also broke. Sure. Do you feel any way about Ramondre? Because he's going to no. fall down boards a no. little bit. A lot no. of people wore in. So are you worried at all about the goal line work? Because that's the obvious conversation. No, no, I'm not. Okay. I'm not. I'm not. Because Bill has a history of bringing in veteran backs, regardless of who's on the team, right? And and my opinion was it's much more an indictment on Kevin Harris and uh, Pierre Strong. You watched them in that first game. They were awful, like absolutely terrible. They had to bring someone in. They were looking at guys all offseason. They brought in Zeke, and I think that Zeke is a great fit. But you also have the history of Bill bringing in some of these older running backs that are more bruisers, up-the-middle type of guys, LeGarrette Blunt, outlier touchdown seasons, other guys like that. So I'm not saying that it couldn't happen, but I, again, like you said, I don't expect it. But if if for some reason Zeke was the goal linebacker, like the from the two hammer we know he is good in that role so from an offensive mm -hmm. standpoint that could work and would suck for fantasy but in an overall sense i'm definitely with you i think Ramondre's i mean be if, okay. if i'm new england and i'm looking at the two backs i want to give it to ramondre's bigger than damn ezekiel elliott so i mean i i just think yeah. that it's a it's more of the fact of you need two running backs two capable guys 
Ramondre's yeah. already, he's been on record to say the same thing that Eckler said. And I see some people asking, it's on Yahoo Fantasy. It's on Yahoo's, you shout out to Eckler yeah. too. I'm in, uh, Eckler's edge, know. I'm pretty sure what it's called, right? I'm, I'm in his, uh, he's got a fantasy league this year. So I'm playing in Eckler's league with Harmon and those guys. So Ooh, yeah, I got to nice. use, got to use some of these tools to take down old Austin Eckler this year. Um, but I, I think the thing is when, when you're looking at those two players, Zeke is phenomenal in third down situations. He can catch the ball. Yes. He is the best pass protector at the running back position in the NFL. We already know the Pats O line is a little, you know, it's, it's a work in progress. So they sure. needed to have somebody else behind Ramondre Stevenson. It wasn't Kevin Harris. Pierre Strong has been awful. So I think this was more so we need somebody behind him. And Ramondre said the same thing Eckler said. I wore down at the end of last season. This was this is much different. I was banged up. I wore down. I want to be fresh. I want to be healthy. I'm not worried about Zeke. I'm not worried about it. I'm not. What did Ramondre have? 214 carries last year, something like that. Yeah. I mean, he's going to be just fine. I'm not worried about Zeke in New England at all, dude. At all. At all. What yeah. I am. He looked good I, in the game too. Well, who I am worried about, Jay, and I, I said this, dude. A couple of weeks ago, I think I'm just out. Jamison Williams, Jay Rich, I, I am. I'm at the point now where I'm just kind of out. I just look, dude. He's suspended. He's catching passes. He's not catching passes. He looks good. He doesn't look good. My my question to you is: At this point in time, what are your realistic expectations for what Jamison Williams can be in Detroit? And I'm not talking about what you thought he could be when they drafted him number 12 overall. But at this stage of the Detroit Lions career arc as a team, like what are you hoping for for him? He's not the wide receiver one. That's Amon Ross St. Brown cemented, right? And then if you're saying best case scenario, he's the wide receiver two on Detroit. Let's just give him that. But you still got to deal with Jameer Gibbs, who's going to get what? Let's just say 60 targets. Look, I'm just going conservative. 60 targets for Gibbs. You got Sam Laporta conservative 45 targets for Sam Laporta I'm being conservative here like what are the realistic expectations for a player whose hamstring is hurt he's going to miss the first six weeks of the season who knows how long it's going to take him to get acclimated Jay if anything right now if Khalif Raymond and who else do they have Marvin Jones Marvin Jones yeah Marvin uh, Jones wide receiver too uh, Josh Reynolds, you, these guys better not be on waivers. They better not be on waivers. And I know the names. I don't even know if it's Khalif Raymond anymore. I think it's Josh Reynolds. And I don't know who else is back there. But what are your realistic expectations for what J-Mo can be? And since we're talking about being out, what would you sell for? We talked about this last night. People hate us saying sell for thirds. Like, are you out for any second? You're not getting a first-round pick for Jameson Williams at this point. It's not happening. Any second rounder, are you out or are you just like, F it, I'm going to just hold them and see? I think you have to hold them. I don't know if I could get out for a second. Why? But to your why? point about expect- Why? Why? This this is why you I think, need to listen to the show think- from last night because this is this is exactly what people do. Ah, oh, man, I don't know if I for can sure. sell for a for second. Sure. Then the market just continues to tank. And all you have to do at that point is you're praying for a bounce back that may not come. So if this was a high volume guy, I would agree with you. But I think the difference is, is that Jamison Williams is one play away from basically getting his value all the way back. I don't Not think all I don't the think, way back, I don't but you know so. what I mean, right? I don't, th- I don't you think can, so. You can get, I don't think I know so. you I, don't think I don't th- so, th- I but think the, it's, I think it's the, the reality of the dynasty market. This is just, he could have a Christian Watson two touchdown game and he's back, right? Christian you Watson think started so. the season on you slow. You think people would be back in on J-Mo? 
I don't know, dude. I think I think I, I know. know. I'm not saying I know the market better than most people, but I know they are very reactionary. And mm -hmm. they will do some crazy things, regardless of what happens. And and to your point, we only have Amonrod there. Not to say that Amonrod isn't great, but Amonrod is a guy who is going to work underneath. If JMO can be that down the field threat, I think people would be back in. You mentioned Josh Reynolds. You mentioned you Marvin Jones. Have, you, you mentioned Kareem Flamin. That's the only guy there. So Jameer Gibbs, there is opportunity have, there. Jameer Gibbs and David Gibbs Montgomery will get his, out of the backfield. But Swift always got targets. Montgomery, all, Montgomery will get his targets. Like There's going to be downfield targets. They will go to JMO whenever he's back i don't think i would sell personally but if you want to sell i can't blame you because to your point about the initial question expectations they're low four five hundred yards two three touchdowns maybe one or two big plays like you're praying he does it's funny so last season right we were hoping that he could end the year on a high note he never really did and it's the same thing this year he starts the season with with the suspension we're hoping he can end the year on a high note come into year three and bam he's back it's just hilarious to me that this is the team See, this that is said, yeah, we're, we're not worried about Chris Olave. We'll take Jamison Williams, the guy who had to transfer out of Ohio State instead of staying on the team. And Chris Olave is now a superstar, and Jamison Williams is a guy who can't get on the field. The chat is very divided here. Um, I think it's all, tough, I see, man. all I it's see tough. is... Uh, Joe says, Laporta pops off early. It's over for Jamo. I, I, I think it's... Maybe, yeah. I, I think so. I think the inclusion of Laporta and Gibbs were big time your asses on notice for Jamison Williams. And I see some people in the chat right now. Uh, Jimbo says talent. I meant Rose says talent ain't go nowhere. Uh, uh, there was another one, Gretchen, right here. Does his talent just go away? It has nothing to do with the talent, right? We see this happen time and time again in the NFL. A lot of players are talented. They're not failing because they lack yeah. talent. They wouldn't be in the NFL if they didn't have some level of talent. They wouldn't get opportunity if they didn't have talent. It's the availability. It's the consistency. You can't, you can't gel. This is, I can't, I can't think of any better way to say this than football is not like Madden, okay? In Madden, if your player gets hurt, you could just sub somebody in and run the same plays that you were running before. It's not a video game. You can't just plug people yep. in and expect them with no practice, no continuity, no consistency, no work to go in there and produce. Like, it just doesn't happen in the NFL. So it has nothing to do with this talent, which if we're being really real, if you want to be really real with this situation, we saw him do it for one season at Alabama. Yes. One year. Now it matters, right? All now I'm, it matters. I'm not saying I'm not saying it does or doesn't. All I'm saying is let's not act like this was a guy that we saw dominate throughout his collegiate career prior to matriculating onto the NFL. Had JMO not played uh, with the Heisman Trophy winner at Alabama, who knows what he would or could be. All I'm saying is let's not just assume that this guy just automatically rolls back in after suspension, after not being... And do you understand that when he's suspended, Jay, he's not allowed to do anything with the team? No practice, yeah. nothing. So he's just out. He's hurt, so he ain't gonna practice anymore. And then he's missing six weeks. So for me, it has nothing to do with whatever talent he may or may not possess. It more so has to do with the fact that he has not been available early in his career, and he has been lapped by other players on his team, in particular, yeah. Amon Ross St. Brown. And I, That's and I do want to say one thing, though, Ray, and, I, and I think you'd agree with this as well. Before I, you know, I'd, I'd say I'm holding, but the reality is, if I'm being 100% honest, I do not trust him to be available at this point, 
right? And, and maybe that's unfair. And that's not to say that he can't turn it around and, and, and get his career together, but whether it's injuries, whether it's, you know, the gambling suspension and, and just at every turn, he seems to let us down, right? He, like the hamstring injury was unexpected and happened. It, these things happen, but it's like, you've already been suspended. Now you're hurt. You were hurt before. You weren't productive, productive before. As you mentioned, transferred to Ohio State because he wasn't going to play, had a great season, not very productive in college. Like there's a lot of red flags here. And, and the reality is I do not trust him to be available when it ultimately counts. And, and I don't really want to wait till year three, but I don't know if trading for a second is the answer either. If you offer me two seconds, I'd be out 100%. 100%. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not offering you two seconds. I may give you a player in a second, maybe, but I'm not in the market yeah. to buy him. I'm not in the market to buy. Yeah. So if I get a single second, I'm probably out. Jake, trailer on Burks. Uh, we are all expecting big things from Mr. Burks this season. And from all accounts, he has been awesome in training camp practices. He made a ridiculous catch during the joint practices this past week versus the Ravens. But unfortunately, there was some scary news for Traylon Burks. A lot of people thought that he may have uh, re-injured his previously torn ACL that he tore, I believe, in high school. Good news is he did not tear his ACL. He did not tear MCL mm -hmm. or meniscus. I believe it was an LCL sprain. And yeah, I LCL. talked to a Talked to a couple of people about this, and my big concern was, I said, okay, when is he back? From what I heard, he's back looking like Traylon Burks by week four. No limitations. By week four, okay. he's Traylon Burks. My fear was, I don't want Traylon to fall down the Zion Williamson path, okay? Traylon's a big boy. We know he's a big boy. He had some problems with his weight as a rookie. So I was like, is, he gonna, is this one of those injuries where he can't do shit for like a month? And what I was told is no. Straight line movement, he's good to go. He will be able to run, stay in shape, run in a straight line. It's the lateral stuff that he's got to kind of get his feet under him. So where are you at with, I guess, Tennessee's offense right now as they stand with just DeAndre Hopkins? Ryan Tannehill hasn't played in the preseason because he's got that job locked up. It looks like Malik Willis, who had damn near 100 on the ground, uh, shout mm -hmm. out to Malik Willis, is going to be the QB too. But how are you feeling about Traylon right now, knowing that he's probably not going to start the season off? But I'll just say this. They said Kendra Miller was dead, too, and he's out there catching 35-yard passes from Jameis Winston. So we shall see. But how are you feeling about Traylon Burks right now? I feel okay about him, right? I think it's the reality is that I think the thing that I fear most of Traylon Burks is that even though he plays on Tennessee, and I've well-documented how I feel about Tennessee I think this just about cements DeAndre Hopkins as a great pick because early on he'll be the only guy on the team basically and see a ton of targets. And if Traylon Burks does miss any extra time, then he's going to get even more targets, right? So I think that's a great sign already for Hopkins. And then it's like the inverse for Burks. We hoped he could have a good season next to Hopkins. We weren't really sure what the target share would look like. And now if he's missing a little bit of time, does that make him a wasted pick in fantasy leagues, knowing that the first few weeks are going to be bad? And then when he is back, we don't know uh, we don't know exactly what he's going to look I like heard in the he's look fine. That's kind of what I'm scared about. Well, I heard he physically will be fine. Um, in the offense, I think he's going to go right back into his role. It's Kyle Phillips got banged up. Nick Westbrook, Akine. Yeah, I, I mean, there's no one there. There's no one there. I think this is good for Chigo Conquo, and I also think it's good for Tajay Spears, who I believe will earn that RB2 role behind Derrick Henry. The problem mm. is I, everything that I've read is this could be like the worst offensive line in football, the worst O-line. So yeah, I don't Wolf. know. I, I don't know. I, I am not as tapped into the Tennessee Titan market as others. I'll just say 
this is an offense where I want very few pieces. I mean, we we named. Are the you guys out on you, Burks for twenty three? No, no. I, okay. I like I like the depressed the suppressed cost I can get him at. Now I'm definitely not everything that I've heard is when he's back, he will have no limitations. He will look fine. He will be okay injury wise. Yeah. So. Not out on them. I'll take a little bit of the discount, but I think what you have to do is you have to plan ahead. I think there are some spots where I was depending on him to be yeah. wide receiver two, wide receiver three. You got to make some adjustments because as it stands today, probably not going to be on the field early this season. All right, Jay, uh, we already kind of touched on Zeke Elliott in New England running with, uh, with, running with Ramondre Stevenson and Dalvin Cook in New York. So let's talk about some of the things that happen on the field Week two of the preseason. We still have one more game tonight. It's the Commanders and uh, who plays tonight? The Ravens. Commanders and Ravens play tonight. Uh, let's let's go through sort of what we saw. And I was I was thinking that we were going to see a lot of guys play week two. You know, a lot of guys didn't play week one. But Jay, it felt like half of the league didn't play any of their starters at all. And some of the teams that played them only played them for a little bit. But there was some really exciting things that happened. And I think one of the things that had Twitter going crazy more than anything was Bijan Robinson getting on the field. Our first look at the Atlanta Falcons new number seven, not Mike Vick. We got big Bijan Robinson who first carry of the game. I think it was like an 18 yard run juking safeties, looking explosive, playing fast. Then he catches a one handed pass and turns that up for some more yards. How impressed were you with Bijan's debut for the Atlanta Falcons? Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. I was pretty impressed, to be honest. You know, I think we all know the talent that he possesses, but that first run was still like, oh, damn, like he's really like that. You know, it's not to say that I didn't believe that he could do that, but seeing it in college and seeing it in the NFL, even against, you know, potentially second stringers and guys like that, it's still very impressive to see, you know, the one-handed catches. We, we know that he can do stuff like that and great to see it in a game, um, but running ahead of Algier, which was great, right? He ran eight routes on 12 snaps and Algier only ran three routes on five snaps with Desmond Ritter of the 17. So that was good to see. I mean, we all expect that he's going to be the starter, but still good to see him get the majority of the snaps, some great plays. But yeah, that first rush, I was like, oh boy. Like, I, I honestly thought it may take its value and just help it skyrocket. Then he kind of cooled down, settled in, didn't just go absolutely crazy, but a great debut from Bijan. And I think, you know, as I'm projecting Tyler Algier to have a role, it was good to see Algier working with the ones as well. Did you feel any differently about Bijan overall? Nah, man, look good. Look, dude. I got fucking Ricky Ooh. Williams jersey, Ricky Williams jersey up here, man. I'm all the Texas great your, running who backs. Who's your man. comp for Bijan right now? Seeing him play that way, because I don't. I'm trying to figure out like who I would kind of comp him to, and I can't. I don't. I, don't I can't wanna, put anyone on it right now. I, I don't want to. Oh, say you don't want to say it? I don't want to say, say it. Come on, Ray. This is a safe space. Man. It's just me and you. 
There's not 350 yeah. people watching. Hey, hit the like. Just me and you. My wife told me that she watches streamers do shows, Jay, and they'll pause the show for everybody to hit the like button. Like, they won't do anything until people hit the like button. Hit the If y'all are watching this, hit the like button. Come on, get this in the algorithm. My comp for him, yeah. dude, I'm just telling you who he looks like. When I watch him play, he looks like Here one we go. running back. He looks like one running back to me. He looks like one guy. And the guy... Is one of the greatest running backs of all time, in my opinion. Oh boy, RB three in NFL history. Oh boy, in my opinion, he looks like Ladanian Tomlinson. That's who he looks like running oh! the ball. He looks like LT. He looks like LT. He's got this. It's this slashing, quick running style. It, it doesn't. He doesn't have wiggle like Lashawn McCoy. He's not shady McCoy when he's running the ball. But it's just that lightning quick one cut. Boom can accelerate. Get down. He looks like LT. Like, if he wore number 21, he would look like LaDainian Tomlinson. So, I, I'm not saying that's... so quick. I'm not, so quick. I'm not saying oh, that's who he's it. going to be. That's what he's... But he looks like LT when I see him play. I thought it was a good debut. I thought Desmond Ritter Very looked good. good in the game, too. Desmond Ritter looked really good. Interception was not his fault. I know people are going to blame him on that. It was not his fault. The Falcons' first-team offense looked good. Drake London, big catch down the... Jay, I'm just going to ask I'm you. Did, you this long to mention it, man. Let, well, well let, me, let, me, let me ask you, because we know that Atlanta was already one of the best rushing teams in the NFL last year. We know that their strength of schedule this year is not very good. Is this a team that could be sneaky good, right? We're talking about, oh, Ritter can't support. We like to think who can support what. But if he's going to just, if, 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 all they're going to do is concentrate targets to number five, to number eight, into number seven, right? If that's what that if that's the game plan, we're just gonna throw to London, throw it to Pitts, dump it to Bijan, right? That's the game plan. Yeah. I mean, with a good offensive line, I, I don't know, man. If if the schedule is weak, this could be okay. It could be a little better than what we were giving them credit for because the rushing attack is going to take a ton of pressure off of the quarterback. Yep. It's going to take a ton of if you are a defensive coordinator, let me just ask you, defensive coordinator going to play the Falcons, what's your number one objective? Who are you trying to stop? Um, I think it has to be Bijan. It's Bijan's too talented. Robinson. He's got to be gotta, number one. Yeah. You got to stop, stop the him. run. Especially against Arthur Smith. Yeah, I got to stop the run. Stop yep. the run. Arthur Smith, stop the run. It's going to leave situations where your receivers are one-on-one -on -one with corners. Any corner versus Drake London, I'll just give him a chance. Just throw it to him. Just put it yep. in his area. So I think this could be, could be, a little more, uh, a, a more fruitful situation than maybe we gave it credit for. I don't want to put my stamp on that yet, but just the game, right? You're you're focusing on the run. It's going to leave opportunities on the outside. We'll see how they get it done. But I thought overall, Jay, very impressive debut for Bijan Robinson and the first team yeah. Atlanta Falcons offense. I thought they played very well. Another debut for uh, a player that we've talked about quite a bit on here, Mister QB One. In San Francisco, Brock Purdy, Jay. Brock on the field. Brock Purdy on the field. Talk to us about his debut, but where he was very efficient, Jay. He was five for six. Uh, we tweeted this out from the DD account. Brock Purdy doing Brock Purdy things, and it was a play action. Yeah. Three-yard dump off to Debo Samuel, who in turn <laughs> took it like 20 yards down the field. Brock Purdy doing Brock Purdy things. What did you think about the, the debut? It was efficient. He led them down the field in his first drive, completed multiple passes, ran around a little bit, and they put points on the board. Looked good. And everybody that I'm reading, they're like, he is QB1. Get over it. Sam Darnold was up next at QB2. And then Trey Lance, pretty stinky to start. 
led them for a comeback yeah, win well. at the end. Ended very well for Trey Lance. So what are your thoughts on Brock's debut? And I've said this before. I said if Brock Purdy is healthy, if Brock Purdy is the starter, this is a guy that's a top 12 quarterback potential just because of the weapons that he has. Has nothing to do with his talent. Is Brock Purdy a yeah. top 12 quarterback? Brock Purdy's probably not even a top 25 quarterback in the NFL. But you put people who can run a system in a good offense with great playmakers and just say, don't F it up, he could be productive. So how are you feeling about knowing as we enter the season, there it's not even a question anymore. Like, let's we don't even need to play the game. Yeah. Who's it going to be? Brock Purdy's the starting quarterback for the Niners. What are your thoughts on his upside this season? Top what quarterback for Purdy? I think you're correct to say top 12. I think that's very fair. Um, like you mentioned, you know, it doesn't really matter what quarterback you throw in this system. I think from a team perspective, we would probably take this team with the playmakers, even the offensive line over just about any other team in the NFL. Like, yeah, you could look at some other teams and say they have better offensive lines. So you may go that route. But from a skill player standpoint, as you mentioned, dump it off to Christian McCaffrey, Brandon IU, George Kittle, Debo Samuel, even other guys that are on this offense that no one cares about. Like we may see some Ronnie Bell plays here or there because he was great in the preseason game. Like there's just so many weapons that Purdy and that system creates. They don't have to do a whole lot at quarterback. And so Purdy's job is to read the defense and make the right play and be on time. And I think that's the biggest problem with Trey Lance initially is that when we watched that first game and even a little bit in the second game, he wasn't always on time. And that's really where he struggled. And you look at Brock Purdy, he has a very good command of the offense and he's on time frequently. And I think that's yeah. the big difference between the two quarterbacks. It's not a talent thing. It's just about getting the ball where it needs to be and when it needs to get there. And that's what Shanahan wants because that's how the team is built. It's built to get the ball to the playmakers. And Purdy, Purdy did make some pretty good throws as well. So I don't want to take that away from him. But as you mentioned, some little short dump offs to Debo and he does the rest. I think the Debo has looked good so far and we hey, could see a pretty good season from him as well. People don't really want, no one's really talking about Debo. And I, I found no? myself just kind of, I think you're a little stained by what he did two years ago and how great he was in 21. Then he had a down year in 22, and now people are like, oh, is that yep. the real Debo? You know, he's always available. It's him and Amari Cooper back-to-back and underdog, and it's like, ah, I don't really want either Ooh, of those guys. I don't, yeah, that, that, that decision at the 3-4 turn is honestly one of the more stressful things that you can do in life on underdog. That 3-4 turn is brutal, but... Um, where do you think? You didn't give me a thing. Top what quarterback finish? If he's the guy, the whole... I think, I think top 12 is, is fair. I'd probably F say top 15, 15 is more top reasonable. 15. Yeah, top, I'd say 15 is more reasonable. You know, I think the question is, and, and we might get to this a little bit later, but I have to ask you now, would you rather have Brock Purdy or Kenny Pickett as your QB2 in Dynasty right now? I think that conversation has changed dramatically over the past couple of yeah, weeks. Yeah, I mean, it had. Well, we'll talk about Kenny Pickett in a little bit, man. We'll talk about him and how the Pittsburgh Steelers are looking offensively in a little bit. I'll just say this. I'm going to stick by what I said. If he's the starter, which he is, if his weapons are healthy, which they are, he's got just as good a shot as finished top 12. and has nothing to do with his great talent and his arm, but the playmakers around him, the offense in which he operates, the, the best left tackle in football, he's going to have a shot. And I don't think absent him getting injured, I don't think there's going to be a chance in hell Trey Lance gets on the field. And I'm here to I yeah. think he's going to start off the season as the QB three in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. And it has nothing Seems to do with way. Lance, but it feels like he's going to be the third quarterback. And I put money on it. They probably give Sam Darnold a shot before they give Trey Lance and has nothing to do with my personal feelings on Lance. I've just been reading the team 
all offseason. So I'm not shocked by anything that has sort of transpired. Jay, I, I'm just, uh, dude, the excitement level that I have for this team. Let's go. Knows no Let's bounds. Go. And it pains me. It's so good. It pains me because they're in the same damn division as my favorite team. But let's talk about it, man, because... Let's do it. They went out there, and when I say surgical, dog, ball in. When I say surgical, Jay, so Daniel good. Jones and the first team offense without Saquon Barkley were surgical. And what I so love... Good. What I loved about their one drive was Brian Dayball said, I don't give a damn about establishing anything. We're going to throw the ball nine yep. times in a row because I want to see what my offense looks like. And it was Darren Waller, Darren Waller, Darren Waller, Isaiah Hodgins, Paris Campbell, Darren Waller, Daniel Jones run, Daniel Bellinger touchdown. Boom, 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 boom smashed and that was against Carolina's first team defense yeah Jay so good so Jay, good it is amazing what a change in culture what confidence can do for a person I don't care if you're talking about football if you're talking about being a lawyer if you're talking about mowing the lawn whatever it is you do in life if you have the confidence bro People believe in you. Your team believes in you. You feel good. You're walking into that thing, not questioning if I'm going to get pulled because I make a mistake, not questioning if the fan base is going to rip me. If I Going into any situation in life with confidence is like the number one biggest X factor that people don't talk about. Daniel Jones is playing with confidence. Brian Dayball is coaching with confidence. And you can tell that this team, at least offensively, everything that we've heard throughout training camp is coming to fruition and translating on an NFL field. And while it just may be preseason, I'd much rather my offense come out there and look sharp and crisp mm -hmm. in their one limited drive then go out there and have to play a whole damn half of football like Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos. So when you're looking at this pairing of Daniel Jones, Darren Waller, and company, Jay, I'm just going to ask this question. I got a question for you, Jay. Is okay. there a chance that Darren Waller finishes? There's a lot of people who think this could be the tight end one in fantasy Ooh. because he is the wide receiver one Ooh. for the Giants. But is there a chance that Darren Waller comes out here and usurps Travis Kelsey as the number one tight end in fantasy for 2023? What is the percentage you're giving me? Uh, whatever What's percentage the you, whatever you want to I would say there it. is a chance. I would say there's probably a 20% chance is okay. what I would give it. I'd probably say, so my question for you, and I think this is a, a good question as well to kind of piggyback off this. Do you think he has the best chance of the, you know, tight end two, three, four, as I would assume Andrews, Hawkinson, you know, Kittle is there, but I don't think we really view him quite there, especially now with Waller looking so good. Do you think that Waller has the best chance to finish the tight end one over, over Travis Kelsey compared to a Hawkinson or compared to a Andrews? Because I think, I don't really know if I'd say that, I'm taking, but I think he's well, damn I'm close if he's I'm not. Taking, I'm taking Waller over Hawk. There's no doubt in my mind. Like, none. None. I'm taking Darren Waller over TJ Hawkinson. Um, Mark Andrews, I think there's a chance. Uh, if he's going to... If you're anticipating Daniel Jones taking another step forward, if you're sitting on the side that Darren Waller is that team's wide receiver one and they're going to want to throw the ball, then absolutely. Like, 
if you're just talking real football and so many, oh, no way, it's just going to be Andrews and oh, no way, it's going to be Hawkinson. What are you doing? Yes, there's a chance. Absolutely. Yeah. If he's going to get 30% of the targets, if he's going to be that team's wide receiver one, if he's going to be their wet, you just saw it in one in one drive. It was and they they've been saying the same thing all training camp. Who is Daniel Jones going to? It's been Waller, Waller, Waller. Oh, that's coach yep. speak. They get out there and they do it. Oh, I still don't believe it. Yes, I think there's a chance. Absolutely. It's football, man. It's freaking football. Yes. There is a chance. Am I going to put some high 50%? I don't know what the percentage is, but there's a chance. I do. I would take him over TJ Hawkinson. I really would. I think okay. he's the floor for me is like tight end three. As long as he's healthy, he's tight end three or better this season. He looks incredible. This offense looks phenomenal, and they're doing it without Saquon Barkley. I've been very impressed by the Giants. Everything that beat reporters have been talking about, the confidence of this team, how they want to deploy their weapons, the way that they used Darren Waller. He was in line and split out wide. Like Brian Dayball went out there and said, I just want to see what my guys can do together. And they delivered, man. I'm very excited for this Giants team, at least offensively in 23. They were so good. They, they were so, so good. As you mentioned, Waller even dropped a pass. That was another dime from Daniel well, he, Jones, right? He didn't drop it. He got his, he got smashed. I thought he had a damn concussion, but... He got, he got, I was like, please, he got Lord, hit pretty not hard. Come on, Waller, he, got just, hit, he, got, he got hit pretty hard. But hold he on to that ball, big dog. Yeah, hold, hold on, on to, to that ball. ball. Come on. Yeah. But yeah. J- as you mentioned, just, and especially from Daniel Jones, and this is this is more we're getting at, is like, he did not miss a throw. He did not miss a beat. Every time there was pressure, he mo- moved in the pocket perfectly. He navigated it like everything was right there. Um, You know, the starting wide receivers, Slayton, eight snaps. Hodgins, seven snaps. Campbell, six snaps. Hyatt, three snaps from the wide receivers of the 10 dropbacks that Daniel Jones took. So starting wide receivers should be Slayton, Hodgins, and Campbell. We'll see how Hyatt can get worked in. Obviously, we saw his touchdown with the twos. Looked great. Stacked alignment. Third receiver up against the safety. Post corner, boom, gone. Touchdown, right? That's what we expect from Hyatt and why we're drafting him. Um, But I'm curious how Daniel Jones can work that in the offense. But I think the the reason why I'm most happy, Ray, is like, we believed in Dayball from the pretty from much the from the very beginning. We were like, we believe, and, and again, it's it's a lot of we believe, we think, but something was different about Brian Dayball from the very beginning. And that's that's the biggest difference. And we're seeing it continue to play out. And in year two, hopefully we see this massive season from, from Darren Waller and from Daniel Jones because it's looking like all indications are that's very possible this year. Man, and Daniel Jones, let's just go ahead and say that. It was our veteran baller of the week, man. Veteran baller yeah. of the week for Daniel Jones was just money. He was he was incredible. He was phenomenal. And he's one of the guys that I continue to say, Jay, and people don't like to hear it. The top five upside. No doubt about it for Daniel Jones. He was QB yeah. 10. QB 10 last year and really didn't do anything through the air. That was with 15 touchdowns, a lot of rushing yards, and 2,200 passing yards, something like that. 3,200, ridiculously low. Uh, top top five upside for Daniel Jones this year. I'm very excited for this offense. Very excited for Darren Waller. Jay, another quarterback who looked good this past weekend and continues to look good every time they throw him out there. Let's go to Green Bay and talk about Jordan Love, who put another good performance on tape this past weekend. You know, in limited duty, wasn't out there for a long time. But Jordan Love is feeling like he's uh, finding his groove. Jay Rich, what were your thoughts on Jordan Love? He got the young rookie, rookie Jaden Reed involved in the action. We saw him week one versus Cincinnati. I mean, Love is out here just dropping dimes in practice. Christian Watson is getting his. Luke Musgrave, yep. they're using him in all type of creative ways. What do, you t- what do you think about Jordan Love right now? You know, Kenny Pickett, Jordan Love, Brock Purdy, we're all kind of in the same 
grouping to start the season. Those guys that you really didn't want them. One year mm-hmm. bats. How are you feeling about Jordan Love and Green Bay right now? I'm feeling pretty good about him, but I think, you know, every time I watch Green Bay, every time I read the reports, every time I watch the games, I continue to be so impressed with Luke Musgrave and not just him, the talent, but his ability to get the ball and the willingness to get him the ball. Another three targets this week with Jordan Love looked at looked to him quite a bit in this game. And this is probably if no one watched any games this week, this is probably one of my favorite games to watch. You said you love watch- We saw yep. a lot of the Pats game. I was a lot of the Pats and we saw a lot from Jordan Love in this game, you know, compared to some of the other games where it was all backups. But you talked about the touchdown to Jaden Reed was a phenomenal throw. Yes, the pocket was clean. A great block from AJ Dillon to block the rush. Great block. But just a phenomenal throw right on the money. Outstretched catch by Jaden Reed. Touchdown. I think just the poise we've seen from Jordan Love in this offense should be expected, but not necessarily what we came into the season expecting because, again, it's still his first year starting, but he has been in the offense for a long time. He did learn from Aaron Rodgers, and there's a lot of new pieces in this offense as well. So I think, you know, you look at Jaden Reed, he should be used a little bit in this offense throughout the season. We haven't seen much from Christian Watson, though. For everything, like he's got a couple deep targets and stuff, but we haven't seen a lot from him. It's been a lot of Musgrave, a lot of Dobbs, a decent amount of Jaden Reed as well. And then some of the other guys worked in, but I think that Love has looked great. He looks poised and I'm hoping he can continue this into the season. We'll see what happens with him, but I'm assuming you kind of feel the same way. Um, Just a lot of good things, a lot of good performances we've seen stacked from Jordan Love throughout the preseason so far. And while it's just preseason, I think it's encouraging because we haven't seen this guy play. Stacking days. That's what's important right now. Stacking days. You're trying to stack days. You're trying to stack days, stack reps, stack positive performances. Why? That way you enter the season with some confidence. You have some momentum. You're feeling good. And again, it's it's preseason, but it's impressive. You know, Scott and I talked about this last night. All of you people out there that are old curmudgeons and, oh, man, it's just preseason. I don't care. Like, dude, it's football. Stop it. Like, it is important. It is important. Yes, I know. I don't need to see Cooper Cup and Devontae Adams catch passes, right? What I want to see are the young players that we have some level of hope for. Go perform. Go put something on wax that I can say, okay, we can work with this. The team can work with this. So it's it's pulling and extracting the appropriate information. It's not overreacting. I want to know how these young guys look. How are they utilizing these players? What kind of what kind of plays is this offense doing? Like what what are they doing with their players that are going to make some of these fringy guys successful during the season? So relax. Golly, all of you are just old people. Get off my lawn. It's preseason. They're playing against a fifth cornerback. Well, no shit. Like, they're not going to play Trayvon Diggs. Like, it's just not going to happen. So stack positive performances. Play the game. Practice better. Like, that's what we're here to see. So I'm excited for love. I'm excited for the Packers, man. And I've said this, Jay, since when? January? Mm -hmm. I don't believe he's going to be nearly as bad as people think. People all rush out there. Jordan Love is going to stink. They're going to be drafted number one overall. And I've said from day one, I don't think he's going to be nearly as bad as people want him to be. So... I'm bullish. I'm excited. I want to see him play well. What's his realistic ceiling? I don't know. I'm not I'm not in my mind. Yeah. I'm not saying he's going to be some top 8 quarterback, but I don't believe he's going to just look awful out of place, fish out of water. I was impressed with Jordan Love this weekend, Jay. Who else we got on tap? Who else we going to talk about today? What well, you are had you, something else? Are you No, are you just going to ignore Kayshawn Boutte's 42-yard touchdown? I mean, we're talking about the game. It was a good play. This is your your guy. This is your wide receiver one in 2023, last season. 
It was not my wide receiver even, one. It was not my wide receiver one from 2023. It was everybody's wide receiver. You may need to check the tape receiver. on that one. Well, he was everybody's wide receiver one in August, but come draft time, he was not anybody's wide receiver one. Stop. Awful, awful good try. Good play, though. That was a great good play. Slant. Beat good the safety. Play. Bad angle by the was it a bad angle by the safety or a great play from Traylon Burks? Your your thoughts on that? I thought it was maybe a bad angle, but he ate up that angle pretty quick though. Pretty, well, pretty I would, quick. Well, I would love for it to been Traylon Burks, but it was Kayshawn Boutte, and I just thought it was just a good throw. The safety was off. It was just bad. It was just bad. But good good run by him. But no, no need to talk about that. We'll talk about him on the rookie report. Uh, I do want to talk about two rookie quarterbacks really quick. Who two young guys both in action? Bryce Young and C.J. Mm. Stroud. Remember all the panic on C.J. Stroud how awful he looked versus New England. Uh, he had a bounce-back game. I thought he came out. He delivered some really good throws versus the Miami Dolphins. Tua threw a pick early in that one. thought C.J. Stroud played much better in that matchup. But, Jay, unfortunately, the bad Bryce Young, two weeks in a row where he's been, the offense just doesn't look good. They look slow. The receivers are not separating. The O-line is yep. a problem. You start to see a lot of people, Josh Norris from Underdog, Pat Thorne, like talking about how bad Iki Iquanu and the Panthers O-line, which was supposed to be a little bit of a strength for them, is looking very not good right now. Miles Sanders isn't there. Talk to my man DP, Damian Parson, who's been at the camp, said, man, they need Booby back. They need Booby Sanders there. But the O-line is a problem. The receivers, when you're counting on Thielen, you're counting on some of those guys. I don't know, Jay. No Terrace Marshall. It's looking like it might be a rough year for Carolina early on, especially if that O-line is going to give them fits. And all reports are they don't even want Bryce to run. So two weeks in a row where he's been kind of not that good, Jay. You just got to call it what it is. C.J. Stroud played better. Bryce Young did not play so well. That offense is struggling right now in a major way, man. Yeah, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head. And I think I would kind of frame it this way to people who maybe didn't watch the game or are just kind of getting our opinions based off it. I think the thing about CJ Stroud that was so encouraging is one, we saw the mobility that we saw in the Georgia game again on display, right? He had much more time, which was great. But when he did get rushed, he did make some good plays as well. And I was encouraged to see that. But as you've said from the very beginning with CJ Stroud, it's his accuracy and his ability to put the ball where it needs to be all the time from various angles throwing this way, that way, running this way, running that way. CJ Stroud really showed his arm talent in this game quite a yeah. bit. And I think that's the big takeaway for me is that we drafted him because of that arm talent and that ability to place the ball correctly almost every single time. And he did do that quite a bit. And we didn't really see what makes Bryce Young so great. And part of it, like you mentioned, was the offensive line, was the lack of receivers. It was like one play to Jonathan Mingo that was a great throw between two rushers um, on a little RPO play there by Bryce Young. But outside of that, we didn't see much. There was the Hayden Hurst catch that was negated by a penalty. It was yes. like, literally, they got to the and end that, zone. That was a great throw. It was throw. a great throw. That, now, great that's throw. where those are the throws that you're like, damn, okay, Bryce, make that one. But there was a damn penalty holding offensive line yeah. getting wrecked. And that. That was an effort throw. He just was like, I'm going to throw this thing. Yeah, it was third and 19. Third and 19. He put that thing on a rope, but negated by penalty. So I'm just calling it how it is, man. Like, I'm just, he has it's not. It's going to be rough. He's looked pretty rough, rough, rough early, but there have been some things where you're like, is it just Frank Wright holding this offense back right now? Do they need every. I don't know what it is, but so far. He's pro of the big three, he's probably looked the worst of the big three. And A. Rich did not play this past oh, weekend. Yeah. He easily did not the play worst this. Yeah, three. he's looked the worst of the big three. I mean, C.J. barely played the first game, but 
and then they pulled him. I thought they should they should have gave him another another series, but they pulled. I him think it was put, smart, right? Like we saw, yeah. it was just, the pressure was too much. Like there's yeah. no, he's just gonna get killed back there, and he kind of did. So I I was kind of on board with that overall. But yeah, Arich not playing was annoying. Like he's a rookie. Why isn't he playing? Like. Again, I thought maybe it was weather, and then I'm like, oh yeah, they're in Indianapolis. Like, what the hell no. are they doing? But, yeah, you know, yeah. A lot is, of guys so. didn't. A lot of guys didn't play this week, Jay. A lot of cats did not play. Um, I do want to talk about the Kansas City Chiefs really quickly. Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey both played, and they played yep. well. I mean, Mahomes. <laughs> yeah, I mean. bounce back game from them. He just does stuff where you're just like, you're just not supposed to do this. He's just running, throwing it out of the And it's preseason. He's, he's out of bounds and throwing it across his body infield. Just Mahomes just does whatever Mahomes wants to do, and it just works because he's the greatest quarterback we've ever seen outside of Tom Brady. Uh, Jay, but talk about Rasheed Rice. Rasheed Rice had a big – started off rough because he dropped his first pass from Patrick Mahomes. It was a slant, and I'm like, here we go. Drops the ball. Then he feels his rhythm. He gets into it. And then Rasheed Rice finished with, what did he have? Eight for 96 on nine targets? Yeah, man. Rasheed Rice was looking phenomenal in this game. Eight targets and eight receptions, 96 yards. Plays down the sideline, plays in the slot, looking very shifty. Um, you know, we saw this guy at the Senior Bowl, and he's looking way better now than he did back then. Much more shifty, much more agile. And I think the scary part for people who are in on Sky Moray is he's doing a lot of the things in preseason that we expect out of Sky Moore in the regular season. Not to say he's going to take his job, Ray, because I'm not going to say that right here and right now, but those quick hitters in the, sl in the slot, he was looking damn good. good. Moving the chains, moving down the sidelines. I like what I saw from Rasheed Rice. He should be on the field when it comes to the, pre the regular season. I'm going to say this about Kansas City, and I said it last night. Scott, we were talking about these... Um, fringy wide receivers that have to thread the needle, the Justin Rosses, the Tank Dells of the world, the Puka Nakua's. And Scott said something at the end of the show. He was like, you know, in order for those guys to succeed, they have to be on the right team with the right offense and the right quarterback yeah. and the right. Like so many rights have to go right for these kind of players to actually succeed. And I was like, well, that sure as hell sounds like Justin Ross. Like, and when you think about it, and I think it was Scott Barrett that tweeted this out, he didn't fall due to his skill. He didn't fall due to talent. No. He only fell because people thought his neck was broken and he wouldn't be able to play football. That's why he fell. When you're six foot four and can move the way that he does on an on a team where the wide receiver core is ambiguous, Jay, you can preach Sky Moore, Rasheed Rice all you want. They're just a bunch of guys that nobody really knows who's good in that at that wide receiver core or not. No one really knows. The only yeah. one that we know definitively that has a role and can do things is MVS. We know what he can do. He's going to run down the field, catch long passes, and drop the easy ones. But outside of that, I think there's just as good of an opportunity chance for Ju Justin Ross is for real. I think he's going to make the 53. I do believe he's going to make the 53 and he's playing and operating with the ones, Jay. I mean, he's out there with Mahomes. Yeah. He's out there with Kelsey. I don't know. How long does it take him? How long does it take him to take MVS's job? Because you you keep saying MVS's job is secure, but if there's one job Justin Ross is taking, it's MVS's job. It's Maybe. not Sky Moore's job. Maybe it's obviously not Travis Kelsey's job. It's not no, Darius Tony. No. It's not Richie James. Like it's MVS's job. And I think of all of the roles in the offense, that's the job that you probably want someone to take because there will be a role in the offense. We saw Justin Watson out there catching touchdowns and passes out of the outside spot. So, you know, while he's going to have a role, he's going to make the team. If Justin Ross can get a hold of that role, 
that would be great for him and potentially even great for fantasy instead of trying to project whether Sky Moore is getting the targets, Rasheed Rice, Kadarius Tony, Richie James, all these damn slot underneath intermediate receivers getting targets and who's going to be the guy. Um, if Justin Ross can take MBS's job, one, do you think that could happen? And what are the chances yes. you give that? Yes. And and I think could okay. he be successful in that role? Yes. I don't think I don't think there's any wide receiver that's just has some shit on lock in Kansas City. I don't. I don't. And you know, Joe's talking about Sean Tucker and you know knocking players due to injury. Oh, I get good. it at I get it at the time, right? We don't know if he's going to be healthy, but now that he's back and he's on the field, you can't ask for a better situation for a receiver to get a chance. And what does that mean? Ultimately, if he ends up being the starting wide receiver for Kansas City, let's just say by week five, he's assumed the starter's role. I'm not saying he's some top 12, top 24 option. I don't even want to start to project where he can land. I'm, what do I always say, Jay? What have I always, I'm looking for players who have an opportunity to get an get opportunity, opportunity. To score me fantasy points. That's that's what I'm chasing. I have no clue who's going to finish 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. But what I can chase is, man, that guy's going to be on the field. He's going to have an opportunity with an offense that wants to throw the ball 40 times a game. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'll take my chances on that opposed to the tight end two in Tennessee, right? Or something like that. Like, just give me a shot on a guy who's got an opportunity to get an opportunity. And I do believe Justin Ross is going to have an opportunity in Kansas City. Uh, Jay, we didn't get to the Pittsburgh Steelers, but really quickly, Jalen Warren. How are you feeling about Jalen Warren? Big run, Najee Harris, Jalen Warren. I've been saying I think it's going to be a two-man rotation, Jay. Two-man rotation. Two man. Yeah, rotation. I mean, you, you, you. I think the question is: is how concerned are you for Najee Harris? Because Jalen Warren looks a lot better than he does. And while I don't think Jalen Warren's taking his role, you know, people were saying he could be the this year's Tony Pollard when Tony Pollard yeah, really broke uh, out in the second season. Uh, you think he can get the work? That. Will he get I the don't... touch load, touchdowns, the explosion? We saw it on the run. He looked great. I mean, was it? I think it was his only touch of the game. But obviously, when you house your only touch. You can take the rest of the day off. And obviously the Pittsburgh Steelers went out and scored on, I believe, their next play or two plays yeah, after that when they got yeah. the ball back up 14-0 early in that game. But Warren, I think, as you mentioned, you, you talked about him in your piece um, on the channel, the film session you did, that he looked great and should continue to have a role in the offense. Matt Canada, maybe a little redemption arc. Um, but I do want your thoughts on Harris because people seem to be souring on him with the ascension of Jalen Warren in some of these rankings and projections. I'm not... Uh 
I'm not going to say he's going to to duplicate or replicate what Tony Pollard did. That's unfair to Jalen Warren, and it's dis- disrespectful to Tony Pollard and what he was able to do with Dallas last year. I will say this, and it was very evident, hence the reason why I watch preseason, hence the reason why I think preseason is important, and why I watch the tape. Like I just went back and I watched those two play. And anybody out there, I don't care if you're a Pittsburgh Steelers fan or not, if you watch Najee Harris run the ball, and then right after that, you watch Jalen Warren run the ball. It looks a lot like Zeke and Tony Pollard from last year. It looks like, man, that dude's really slow and this other guy's really explosive. It looks like that. Now, you stand yeah. those two next to each other, they look very different. Najee is a different running back. He's a different kind of guy. He's physical. He's going to throw people off him. He's a bruiser. He's the guy that you can give the ball 25 times to and he can wake up the next day and feel great. He's just a different He's built like a a living version of the Predator. That's what he looks like to me. (laughs) I do think Jalen Warren is going to be a problem for Najee Harris, and I've said this. They're not going to take him off the field. A lot of people out there trying to shit on Jalen Warren. Oh, man, he's not that good. Dude, just turn on the film. Just look at it. Like, it doesn't take a rocket science to see, like, this guy's much more explosive. I think he's going to be a problem. Um, Low-hanging, lazy-ass comp. But he's a light-skinned brother, and he wears number 30, so he reminds me of Austin Eckler. I'm just looking at him. Reminds me of Austin Eckler a little bit. A little bit. Tater Wolf so, said it. Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler vibes. Yep. I, well, I've said that, so Tater probably got it from me, but I've said that quite a bit. But I do think Damn. I do think that this is going to be a problem for Najee Harris. How much does it knock him down? I don't know, because when they need him, when they need three yards, they're going to give it to Najee. When they need a first down, they're going to give it to Najee. And probably when they get in the goal line, they're going to give it to Najee Harris. He's just he's yeah. a physically imposing back that sets the tone for an offense, but very bullish on Jalen Warren. I think he's going to have standalone value this season. And if something were to happen to Najee Harris, it's wheels up for for Jalen Warren, Jay. Yeah, no, I'm with you 100%. I think it's it's very interesting to see. And and like you mentioned, we don't want to overreact to preseason, but the Steelers have looked so good. They've looked so good that I hope that they can build into this season, not just for the offense, but mostly for Kenny Pickett, man. Kenny Pickett was left for dead. Um, they blame Matt Canada. Maybe that was partially true, but Kenny Pickett wasn't good enough last season. And this season so far, at least in preseason, he's looked really, really good. Commanding of the offense, throwing great passes for touchdowns, whether it's to Pat Fryer or to George Pickens the week before. Both passes were right on the money and looking great. So uh, I'm very excited for for what we could see from Kenny Pickett this year. And I did want to go are back you? to are Justin you? Ross. Are you, are you excited am, for Pickett? Yeah. Like, like, talk about I'm the I'm excited people. for Pickett. Okay, okay. I am too, so, Jay. So for me, right, too. like, I think... We talk about San Francisco all the time, and I don't want to compare it to San Francisco, but there's like all these weapons that we like. We like Jalen Warren. We like Najee Harris. We like Pat Frymer. We like Darnell Washington. We like George Pickens. We like Deontay Johnson. We even like Calvin Austin. Like all of these guys are playmakers. Yeah. Right. And so if you can get all these guys in one offense and you have a competent quarterback that can deliver the ball, commanding the offense well, which all indications that we've seen so far is that Kenny Pickett has a much better grasp this season. I'm excited for Pickett. Does it mean he's going to have this awesome fantasy season? No, but the reality is, is that last season where we were let down is the quarterback held back all of these weapons. What is it going to look like if this year the quarterback isn't the problem and overall this team is just much better and they're elevated or at least kept neutral by these quarterbacks? They could all thrive and be values outside of maybe Najee Harris, potentially where he's going. But like Pickens could be a value. Deontay could be a value. Frymouth could be a value. Like all these guys could have great seasons if the quarterback play is much improved from last season and all the indications say that that's going to be the case this year. 
where are you at with Pickett and Dynasty, man? Where where are you at? Um, let's play the game real quick. We're way over time too. I'm sorry, Jay, but we got to keep going. We just got to keep going because we got to just just a few more things. I just got we got 430 some people in here. Damn it, we'll, we'll keep going. We cannot let them down. So we're gonna play the game. Would you rather? Really quickly. All right. Okay. Let's go look at keep trade cut and Kenny Pickett right now is valued as QB. Wow, Jay, I haven't been on here in a while. You want to hear some of these these names? Let, oh, let me. God. Let's start. Okay, yeah, talk let's, to me. Let's start at QB8, all right? We got Justin Fields at 8, A. Rich at okay. 9, Bryce Young at 10. Woof. What? Okay. No way. Listen, no way. listen. Oh at 11, Deshaun Watson, Tua at 12, right. Kyler at 13, CJ okay. Stroud at 14, Daniel Jones 15, Dak Prescott 16, Kenny Pickett, Jordan Love, Jared Goff, and Brock Purdy round out the top 20. Here go some names outside of the top 20. Kirk Cousins, Geno Smith, Derek Carr, Russell Wilson. All right? So, would you rather Kenny Pickett or Kyler Murray right now? Kenny Pickett or Kyler Murray right now? I don't want to hear if Kyler's healthy. He ain't healthy right now. Oh, that's so Kenny tough. Pickett or Kyler Murray? I'm putting I'll ass take to Kyler. Fire. Okay. Kyler. Kenny Pickett or Bryce Young? Kenny Pickett. Oh, my God. It has to be Kenny Pickett. Okay. Kenny Pickett or Dak Prescott? I, I think I want Dak there. I'm pretty surprised. I mean, we've been, it feels like, what is this, th three years in a row? I've been like, never Dak, no never Dak. Dak. And now You've I'm like, man, that. kind of a value, man. Like, I would take Dak there. I think that you want the production this year and going forward, he will be fine. Jay, I'm just looking down this list. Would you rather Ryan Tannehill or Hendon Hooker? <laughs> Hendon Hooker's ranked ahead. Of, I'm just asking. I'll take Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, Ryan same Daniel. here. Um, Daniel yeah, Jones. Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones or CJ Stroud right now? I'm fine taking Daniel Jones. I'm taking I'm Daniel Jones. Daniel I think you jo have to. Daniel Jones or Kyler Murray? Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones or Tua? Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones or Bryce Young? Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones or Deshaun Watson? Man, ever since I did that pod talking quarterbacks, Daniel, I say Jones, Daniel Jones. Or don't be scared. Don't let the people. I'm saying Daniel Jones, man. I'm saying Daniel Jones. Daniel I'm Jones. With Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones or Anthony Richardson. You should probably take Daniel Jones, but I, I'd get it if you want to take a Rich. I'd get it if you want. I, I'm I'm fine either way. I, I I'd probably prefer Daniel Jones. I'll take the security of Daniel Jones, but it's close. Man, still mispriced. The question is the question still is raised is and and I don't know the answer. But I think there was a legitimate case for Daniel Jones versus Justin Fields. I really do. I, I didn't. Want I to, really do. I, I know you weren't going to go there, but up. I'm taking it there. I didn't want I'm to taking it there because talk about if he does not it. become talk a better shit, passer, Rich. if he doesn't become a better passer this year, he could easily fall out of the top ten, and that's the problem. Like he's good. I, I've talked about how I think he's gonna be great for fantasy this year, but like if he doesn't show that he's a better passer this year, which I think he will. I'm not trying to say he won't. But I, if Daniel Jones is better this okay. year, he's Robert, a lot better than Robert, what Justin Fields could be. Robert's my dog. So it's interesting. Robert, Robert's my dog. Robert said Jones is good, but he's not like that. What? What is Justin? I, I think that's fair from a fanfare perspective. The, the 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 ceiling value and fanfare of Justin Fields gives him more value than a Jones probably. Let's go, ever Jay will. Rich. Let's go. But it's an interesting conversation. It's an interesting conversation.
Like, I, I really I really do believe that. And I've projected both guys out. Go listen to podcasts, whatever. You can say, I hate Justin Fields. I've been long documented. Saying I am all in on Justin Fields for this season. I think he's going to be great. I think all of the data and information that we've seen and how I projected him out, he looks great this year. But we're talking about Daniel Jones because while I would not project him for a massive volume increase in terms of passing, I would not be shocked either because Brian Dable is still the head coach of this See, team. This and is, I still believe in that. This so is that's where, where it's kind of an interesting conversation. This is where I guess my perception on the game is much different than others. Um, you know, a lot of people, and Joe's been a patron of this show since the beginning. <laughs> she said the Dayball connection is overrated. This is where I, I completely disagree. It's not about Dayball making Daniel Jones better throwing the ball. I don't believe he's overrated at all. The culture, like, I don't, it's, it's very difficult to explain, dude, but well, I think you, really the best way to put know, it for me you is know, he you puts know, his players you know, in position to succeed. No, it's not even, it's not even just that, dude. When you walk into a locker room where the shit is toxic, you could feel yeah. it. Like you can feel it. Like people know it. You don't want to be there. You're just trying to get yeah. through. But when you've got somebody as the captain in the it's it's no different than your job. If you work somewhere that you're miserable, you fucking hate your boss, you don't really like the coworkers, people are all out for themselves, it doesn't inspire you to go in there and and be the best version of yourself that you can be. Daniel Jones yep. isn't Josh Allen. Daniel Jones is not Justin Fields. He's Daniel Jones. But what your job is as the culture setter, as the head coach, is to get the most out of the person that you have next to you. Jay, you're not me. I'm not you. But mm -hmm. my job on this show is let's make Jay Rich be the best version of Jay Rich he can be. And what Dan, Brian Dayball has done is allow Daniel Jones to be the best version of Daniel Jones that he can be. And that doesn't have to, that doesn't mean he's gonna be Josh Allen. And people can talk all that shit about Josh Allen that they want to, but y'all the same cats that going into 2020, what was everybody saying about Josh Allen? Going into 2020, what did everybody say? What did everybody Not say? Good. Led bust. by one of the biggest yeah. names in the fantasy space, he was a bust. Get rid of him, bust. Buffalo shouldn't re-sign him. He can't hit the broad side of a barn. So let's not sit back and act like we all knew Josh Allen was going to be the cover of Madden in 2024. So it has nothing to do with him trying to be somebody else, but it would be you've got you've got massive blinders on if you're like, man, this situation is so much better than what the Giants have had in years that I'm willing to bank on the situation creating a more conducive environment for success that has been there in years past. And that's all it is when I'm saying the Brian Dayball culture change. I've never said that he's going to make Daniel Jones a better thrower of the football, but he can instill confidence for Jones to go out there and take the talents that he has and put the best version of what he can do on the field. And that's where I'm at with Dayball being the culture changer in the center, man. Yeah, man, that's what he said. Ray, we need a motivational podcast. I live this You've been shit, bro. Lacking, right? Man, I like that's what I'm about, man. I ain't about all the funny shit, man. I want everybody that's here at DD to have a good time, to learn, to grow. Like I'm just I just speak from the heart. I speak from I speak from things that I know. Like I I know some of these things, right? Jay you know and I know what I'm talking about. I know some of these things. So, I mean, I'm just, I don't want to motivate, but I'm just trying to, 
provide some context here as to why we are in on that situation and that culture, Jay. But good show. We got a couple. We had a super chat from Patrick. Let's holler at Patrick, man. Let's holler at Patrick, man. No, dog, Patrick. Said home redraft league of 10 plus years. Man, shout out to you for keeping that thing going. My offer, my Olave. Uh, 211 for his cup 107. He's a Saints mega fan with FOMO league titled. Uh, okay, uh, through dude in a pool. Is this veto a vetoable? P.S. Both under the influence. So, what was this? Just a straight trade? Olave for his cup? I, I mean, would no, do it. I don't it. think I it's mean, vetoable. I mean, What's wrong with sure. that? I mean, I'm just not I mean, into. I'm just not into one for one player trades like that. But in if home leagues, wants to do it. In home it. leagues, you see this stuff happen. I'm a fan of this team. I want Olave, and you want to get Cooper Cup. If like cool, like for a season year, would you rather have Olave or Cup? I would take Cooper Cup. So, are people gonna yeah. uh, veto this? I don't. I don't think so. But you know, in Dynasty, I'm just not a fan of one for one player trades. But in redraft, sure, give me Cooper Cup. I'd He's rather have him over Chris Olave. Yeah, no, and especially because Cup's no hurt anyway. So that. I could see someone being like a little concerned about Cooper Cup, especially in a re- home redraft league. People get concerned about stuff like that all the time. Jimbo said he wants to see a Twitter poll: Lance versus Daniel Jones. You know what it's going to be? It's fucking Lance. It's going to be Trey Lance by uh, by a wide margin. Appreciate everybody in the chat. Four hundred and sixty-five yes, people here. Uh, I got the thumbs up button on 197 of y'all and thumbs down by a hater out there. Keep hating, baby. We got your view anyway. We don't give a damn. Make sure you tap into everything that we're doing on DD. Jay's got a new show, Straight to the Bank, dropping tomorrow. Scott Connor and Jordan McNamara dropped today on Destination Dynasty. Me and Scott did a show yesterday. We got the Overreaction Pod, Off the Line Podcast. We've got Rookie Report, bunch of stuff coming from DD. Jay, my lips is dry. I'm tired of talking. What else do you want to say to the people before we get out of here? Oh, that's it, man. Got it out in the intro. Jeff Mueller's new pod dropping on Sunday uh, with the injuries. We talked about Scott, right? All that kind of stuff. And lots more coming. Big Uh. week this week. And I I mean, we got what? Probably three, maybe four announcements on the way before September starts. So lots of things are coming. And join the Dub Club, man. Dub Club. We're dropping wins every single day. Link is in the description for that. But man, it is. Uh, Jay, people wanna, think it's good now. There's, Jay, there's a lot coming. I know. There's a lot coming. I just. There's I want to. I want to tease some people, man, and and let them know. Ooh. But we won't do that. We'll uh, we'll just uh, we'll drop the hammer later. We out of this thing. Peace. Before y'all close off of the video, I just want to say thank you for checking out the content on Destination Devi. Really appreciate every single view that we get. And the only thing that I ask is that you hit the thumbs up button, like the content, subscribe to the channel. And if you can, comment below for the algorithm really helps the channel grow. Now, if you want more exclusive access to me in the entire Destination Debbie team, patreon.com forward slash all gas gives you that access. Now, if your money's a little funny, we do have free content for you. Make sure you subscribe to the all gas newsletter. There's a link in the description of this video below and subscribe to the Destination Debbie podcast radio feed where we got got all types of shows hitting airwaves every single week now y'all can get out of here i appreciate y'all tapping in it's all gas all the time i love y'all i'm out of this thing peace